Greetings, greetings. Welcome to another episode of Truth to Power. I'm your host, Tyrus McKnight, and we will be joined shortly by Jennifer. She will be joining us, giving her perspective on the importance of a gray area, and I will be giving my perspective on the importance of having a black or white area and just different thought processes. Hello? Yes, yes, Jennifer. We are now recording. Good evening. Oh, already? (laughs) Going no time. Oh, well, you know. That's how it goes. How are you doing this evening? Fantastic. Okay. Just woke up from an incredible nap. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, that's all. So let me introduce you. This is my guest, uh, Jennifer. If you know me for the last decade, you know who she is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know who she is. You know what she uh, what she represents in my life personally. But um, just want to say she's a army veteran, a sergeant. Um, oh God! <laughs> <laughs> she has many hats, and um, she's joining us today because she took exception. Is that a is that a good word to use? Exception to something that, uh, should I say, my delivery on my podcast? Right? Hello? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So she's joining us today. So you know. And this is the first time I heard this, by the way, but I just really wanted to um, discuss it. Um, so you said that, um, see, I'm a black and white person. I don't believe in gray areas at all because I'm either I'm either one way or I'm the other. There's no in-between with me, right? But I think um, Jennifer was telling me the benefits of being in a gray area. So could you explain it to the audience or to me? What's the benefit of being in a gray area? Um, for I guess for me, because I just I really speak for myself, is that when you live in the gray, it just gives you more opportunities to have a better understanding of situations and um, a greater amount of empathy uh, when it comes to people in dealing with their feelings or how to deliver certain topics and stuff like that. So it just it just opens your this, the, your entire spectrum, your entire mind to a different way of thinking whenever you can see things from all sides instead of just one side. If that makes sense. Okay. So um, as far as like um, topics, um, as far as um, black empowerment, right? Because I like to speak on black empowerment on this show, on my show. Um, 
what are some things that you feel like that could be talked about better, that could be done better? Not just by me, but as a community as a whole. You kind of caught me off guard. I don't really know if I can just, like, pinpoint a certain subject because there's so many different subjects to be discussed as far as, like, the Black community and our growth and our efforts mm-hmm. to become more united. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of pinpoint something for me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, for instance, um, Joe Biden. I'm not a huge fan of Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'm... I'm proud to say that I would be considered uh enemy of Joe Biden. I'm proud to say that. <laughs> and I'm proud to say that clearly and <laughs> very loudly and proudly as a black man because, you know, his 1984 crime bill that he wrote and 1994 crime bill that he wrote targeted the black community in a negative way. And he has yet to even try to rectify or try to do anything to, tangible for the black community. And he's been, and I know people are going to say that some people, oh, he's only been in office for what two weeks. But the thing is, this he's done things for Asians mm-hmm. within the first day. He's done for mm-hmm. things for other races in the first day, and black people so called put him in office. So, what do you think about that? Let's, let's get to. Uh, uh, I, idea I'm gonna that. personally, I'm gonna personally say that I'm not really a, a fan of Joe Biden either. Okay. okay, I'm about to sit up here in front, like, oh, Uncle Joe, that's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, bruh, we're not there like that no more, especially after he made that comment to uh, Charlemagne the God about um, you not being black enough if if you support uh, Trump or something like, whoop, I can't remember what he yeah. said, but he, but he said that, well, you ain't really black, and I'm like, how in the, I'm like, how in the fuck can a, mm-hmm. can a white male or just anybody who is not black comments on how black you can be that's insane to me that was crazy but um i guess i guess the gray area comes from trying to have an understanding on trying to have an understanding on his his will to change and not so much on what he did. Now, I think it's very important to shed light on his past because you are in politics. If you're in politics, it's all it's all fair game. Like, yeah. it's all fair game. Everything that you've ever done is, is fair game. But it's, it's also important to see people change and how they are trying to do better. But I actually got to see the action because from now, like, lately it's just been a whole bunch of words, right? Like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I want to see it, though. I don't want to just hear it. I want to see it. So, um, ain't too much gray on that, friend. Like, look, ain't too much much gray on that, friend. Like, you just need to show up. You need to show up for the black community because we did put him in office. Like, no matter what anybody says, we are the people that helped him to get into office, period. And I agree with you with those crime bills. And I think whenever whenever he spoke about um, whenever he talks about things that he's, that whenever people bring up in interviews what he's done in the past, I feel like he always finds a way to sugarcoat it or walk around it or, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it. yeah, and it's like, bro, why can't you ever take a motherfucking L? 
Like, take an L. Well, okay, you're wrong, and say how you're going to do better. Don't sugarcoat and justify why you did what you did. You know what I'm saying? Just say yeah. how you're going to do better. And then when you say what you're going to do, fucking do it. So there ain't too much brain on that one, friend. But uh, I will say how it is important to accept, like, just kind of try and accept what he's saying and then but actually look for the change. It's not is is not nothing to play with, especially when I'm with the people that put you in office. So I have one thing, one thing to add, and one thing to say. Um, from my experience, okay, and talk I've been dealing me. with white. Talk to I've me. been dealing. I've been dealing with white supremacy for thirty-two straight years now, right? So, with my experience and white supremacy, white supremacists don't change. They don't have the capacity mm-hmm. to. They're just mm-hmm. along in the short of it. There's, and that's why in this world, I have to be black and white as a black man because I have to be able to identify enemies and I have to be able to identify allies because we're at war. Whether we want to admit it or not, we're at war. And as a black man, the ones who's going, the one who's going to be on the front line fighting these white supremacists, I have to identify enemies and I have to identify allies. There can't be no, oh, maybe they changed. No. I got to know who you are, where you are, what side you on, so I could act accordingly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's important to have people like you in our community because you are the main people who hold him accountable for his actions. Mm-hmm. And for whatever might happen next. So, and there's people like me who are like, hope. <laughs> 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 hope. <laughs> Keep hope with us. Please. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, we need to bury hope. Hope. Hope is there. <laughs> hope is there. Hope gone. Hope on her oh, last leg. Hope. hope is there on her last leg. Hope is gone. <laughs> yes, but also you were telling me you was uh, you told me you was like um, I could reach probably a broader audience if I were to um, think in a gray area. What did you mean by that? Wait, say that one more time. You said I would be able to meet, reach a broader audience if I were to think in a more gray area. What did you mean by that? Um, I guess because in for me. Now, this is me, and I don't like when people say, oh, what do you mean exactly, like, word for word what I said? Look, I can – there will be a very few times in this world where I can repeat exactly what I said word for word for, for, for the rest of my life. All I do is paraphrase. But um, I, what I felt like was you could reach a greater audience if you weren't always so one-sided. Because I feel like in, um, when I listen to your podcast sometimes, because I haven't listened to every single episode, right? But the ones that I have listened to, I just feel like there are moments where you can take an opportunity to address situations differently by not being as judgmental and, and um, one-sided on an issue where you're just by basically giving this one point of view. So, because I think sometimes you speak in absolutes, 
Mm-hmm. And, and like you speak as a you speak in a whole like um like all all black people and i feel like from for me being someone who has made the mistakes of people who you're talking about you're talking about us as a whole but like i'm like but no like Tyrus loves me
People do not like the truth. As much as people say that they want the truth, they do not like the truth. They just don't. I went to an HBCU for three years, 98% black people in my class. They hated me. And when I was asked why, oh, because the thing you say may be offensive to the white woman in the class and the Asian guy in the class. That may be offensive to them. We're not sure that they don't receive that message. And a room for the black people, they didn't, they just like me. Wasn't popular at all. I can see that. <laughs> now, the interesting thing is this. Now, this is the interesting thing. This is the interesting thing. My professor, who was white, and the white guy in the class, uh, my professor first, he said, uh, when I spoke one time and I was speaking about black people and black Americans, she was like, I just love when Tyrus does his thing. You know, he doesn't really, you know, care what anybody thinks. He's going to tell the truth. He's going to go all out. And she was like, I can appreciate that about him. And then it wasn't until we all went out one time to Shamrock, that's in New Orleans, for those for my, um National and international <laughs> listeners. That's a New Orleans spot. That's a hot spot. That's a hot spot. Yeah, sure. yeah hot spot. Uh, but we all went out to Shamrock, and um, this white girl, she was just like, she, you know, she, you know, when people get drunk, they tell the truth. She was like, I just love Cyrus. She was like, um, you know, he just speaks the truth, and and don't he doesn't care what anybody thinks, and everybody knows him because of it. So I just wish I had his courage. It wasn't until both of those white people said that that they started accepting me in that class. And that was like my third year. That was like my final year there. I went to HBCU for three straight years, and it took them three years to accept me because I was talking about dismantling white supremacy. But it wasn't until white people accepted me that they felt like, felt comfortable with accepting my message. Very interesting. Very much so. It's, it's more so interesting to me because I've gone through I've gone through certain situations where I'm like around uh, like the majority of Black people, but because of like my personality or the things that I say, like they they're not very um, they're not they're not very accepting of me until they actually been around me for a while. And they get to know me. I'm like, oh man, like she's cool, like she's cool as shit. Like Jen is awesome. You know what I'm saying? But it, it takes them some time to warm up. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, depending upon the group, because it's not always what's accepted around the masses. But just speaking from just speaking for Black people, right? Because we, we don't really care about what the other races think when it comes to what you right. have to say, right? Because because right. we know what you're saying is for Black people. Right. Okay? So. I guess for me, whenever you're speaking to black people, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I, I, I personally, I understand that you won't be liked by, by everybody. And that's okay. Cause that's not your goal. Your goal is to speak truth to power. I understand that. 
where I get mixed up or where I start to feel some type of way is whenever I feel like you're using offensive language to try and reach me as opposed to finding a different way. Like, it's, it's, it's the name calling for me. It's, it's the name calling and it's the, it's the feeling of trying to make somebody feel little or small, like belittling them to, to, to reach them. And mm. in my mind, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, how can you, how can you expect people to really hear you? Because I feel like what you're saying is important. Which, like your overall message is important. But how can people really, how can black people truly hear you when the people that you're specifically speaking to that you really want to reach to get them to change, you're belittling them or you're name calling them. And then you're like, but hey, wait, hold up. We still want you. We still need you. Like, <laughs> wait, hold up, now, wait. You know what I'm saying? Like, wait, bro, you didn't already insulted me. You didn't already tried to bring me down. Now you wanna now you wanna talk about that we need to stick together? No, fuck that. (laughs) I'm hurt now. (laughs) So so let me address that. With my with my overall audience being seventy six percent women, right? Being who? Seventy six percent women, my overall audience. Let me address that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let me address I don't that. Know, I don't know these things, but okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let me address that. Okay. So when I talk about when I do name calling, like um, okay, let me let me throw something out there. When I say coon, right? If I call, when you, which means which means that you're a sellout to the black community, right? In favor of white. When you say what word is it? Coon, which means that you're in favor of white supremacy and you're a black person, right? Meaning that you support white supremacy, you um, go against black people, and you're willing to sell out the black community for your own personal gain. So when I say words like that, and I'm talking about people like, um, let's just say like a Larry Elder. I think that's a good example, somebody like a Larry Elder. Somebody who's so far gone, And they, you know, they actually justify black kids getting shot. They actually justify black women getting shot, you know, unarmed, unarmed black people getting shot by these race soldiers in the street. And when I say coon, I'm not saying that we need to coon. I'm saying at the end of the day, and what I'm saying at the end of the day is that I need the people that's not coon because we got to draw a line in the sand. Anytime you go on the war, once again, you got to know who your enemies are, you got to know who your allies are. Listen, you got to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, listen, y'all on that side. But when I say I need my people, I'm talking about the ones that's already on this side. Did I make myself clear just now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we don't need all black people. We really don't. We need the ones that's willing to get up and fight for our community and do the right thing towards our community. Okay. Okay. I hear you. 
Okay. I hear you. But did I make myself clear? You have made yourself clear. <laughs> That's good. Because everybody keeps talking about my delivery. I don't like your delivery. Mind you, and I keep telling people this. <laughs> Mind you, you're talking to somebody that's um, been on TV. I've been on right wing. I've been on right wing TV twice. I've been on XM Radio twice. I've been on radio countless of times. And the first thing that you me about. I missed miss all those. I missed all um, those. I'm sorry. What did they, yeah. they commend you on? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. My delivery. Mm, 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 I'm going to mm. send it to you after we go to the phone. But. Yes, yeah, send it to me. On my delivery. Right. She's one of people, y'all. She's one of those people. Stop that. Stop but that. Don't go in there. She's one of those people. She's one of those people. She's one of those people. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> you know, oh, but, but I'm just trying to get some things done. Like first thing they commend me on is my um is my delivery. They don't they're like, Oh man, you have a great delivery how you just delivered that like and I'm talking about like right wing extremist um T V, like people that support Donald Trump. I've been in the trenches. I've been there. I've been on T V with them. Mm. Well, maybe, maybe, okay, well, I haven't seen those instances, right? Mm. I only, from from my experience, from what I'm talking about in your delivery, is coming mm-hmm. from your podcast. Okay. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. And I guess because, like, like as, as growing up as, like, the only black female to graduate out of her class, being around mm. white people all the time, like, I see, mm. a different, I see so many different perspectives. I see so many different perspectives, and it's it's insane how people could have so many different um, racist traits within themselves and characteristics, mm-hmm. but they but they honestly can't see it, or they don't know that they possess it. Mm. So when you're addressing people to truly reach them, and you 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 know you have a background in psychology. So you understand mm-hmm. that so you understand that addressing one group isn't the same as addressing another. Like and when I think about what you have to say, like what you have to say is so important and people should really understand it. And I feel like in order for people to really hear it, it just takes a different way of you delivering it. And I took that from your podcast, not from all your interviews and stuff like that. I took it from your podcast. And that's that's I feel like that's where people hear you the most. Okay. So, so and I'm never gonna tell you some shit just I'm never gonna tell you some shit just off the strength of like I'm upset, I'm hurt, like whatever. Like it's I feel like anything I ever tell you is because I see greatness in you and I see how you can really do good. I see how you can really do good for not just the black community, but for multiple communities. So that's why I, I speak, and you know, I speak my opinion because number one, you asked me to speak my opinion. <laughs> you want to hear my opinion. <laughs> and number two, because because I care and I see how you can be better. Hmm. Okay. So I heard something up in there. So let me ask you something. Let me ask you a question. 
Notice I'm asking questions. So when you say that people don't truly understand it from other races, what do you mean by that? What do you mean, like, the people don't understand what? You said when you're speaking to people, um, when you say when you're speaking to people and they have racist tendencies and they really don't understand it, what do you mean by that? No, um... I guess I was I was talking more from my my viewpoint. Like um like you'll have people who like honestly like I think I listened to I think I listened to um now this is totally this is not the same, but um I listened to this, this video of, of these police officers talking the other day. I think you might have listened to it too. Uh, it was like the chief of it was like the chief of police and it was like one of the officers and they were calling black people like niggers and stuff like that. And um, but the one thing this man said that really like boggled my fucking mind, yo, was he said though he's like the way I people talking about. He was like he was upset, you know, all the protests going on. He was like all this shit, all these protesters and behind some shit that happened what two hundred years ago. Like that wasn't really like just around the corner or some shit, but um. And he said how the way I see it is they gave you a roof over your head. They gave you clothes on your back. They put food on your table. Like, it couldn't have been that bad. And that's when the video, like, ended. And in my mind, I was like, I was like, jaw open. And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't shock me anymore because hello is like 2021. Like there's not a lot of shit that can shock me. But that right there was like I was just like I wish you could see my face right now. It was, <laughs> it was like what? How did you how did you justify slavery like that just now? How how, how did you do that? How did because... you like the, the the point of view and the perspective is insane. Like, I grew up around white people who wanted to be black so bad because it was cool. But then they mm. grow up and they're the same people, and they're the same people, the same people that call themselves niggas all day. Like, oh, that's my nigga, that's my nigga, that's my nigga, that's my nigga. Like, love black music. You go to a fucking function in 2021, and they still listening to the same La Boosie songs from fucking 2000. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, yeah. those same white people are the same people who are like the pure diehard Trump supporters. They don't see a difference in um, a separate in, in, in the American culture between black and white people. Like they just don't see shit. Like they literally, they literally don't see it or, or they don't, or they purposely don't open their minds up wide enough to understand it. So it's, it's, it's insane, but it's, it's, is truly like, and you get it, like on a psychological level, how people can have these enormous racist traits, like they're just they're so embedded in you that you don't even see them sometimes. You don't even see it for, for what it really is, and that's what so, I mean about delivery. From a clinical perspective, I have to tell you, listen, suspect white supremacists and white supremacists alike. They all understand the tricks that they have. They all understand things, right? It's like um, it's like you go to any white establishment, right? 
if I go up in there, I go up in there with my woman, she has her hair in the fro, things like that, we walking proud, all eyes will, will be on us because white supremacy is based off a genetic threat. And they all understand that. They all understand that. They all that's understand. the way. It, that's the way. It, it never was brought up to me before. A genetic threat. I like the way you said that. Yeah, it's a genetic threat because because basically what they're saying is, since they're the um, total minority of the world. Shout out to Dr. Francis Quest Wilson for breaking it down like this because I I really got this knowledge from her, but. Mm-hmm. Since they're the genetic, since they're the minority of the world, the entire world, and black people are, I don't like using the word people of color, black people, since we're the majority of the world, and we could keep on producing at the rate that we're doing, and they're minus the birth rate, they will go extinct. So they have to come up with a system that benefits them militarily um, through law, through education, through sex, um, I forget the other one, but they have to come through, but they have to come up with a system that benefits them totally with, within their system. And here we have the system of white supremacy as we speak today. That's why as black people, we could get killed with impunity, and the person that killed us, if they're white, they could get off and say that they were fearing for their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and all white I people, have... white supremacists, all of them understand that. All of them. But then, okay, so then I, so then I think about because I gotta, I gotta kind of agree, disagree with you on that a little bit because I think some people are truly in a world where. They don't even understand what white supremacy is. By being white and mm-hmm. having white supremacist characteristics, I don't truly, I really don't believe that they understand the the characteristics that they hold belong to white supremacy, and I don't think that they truly understand what it is. Okay. Like, um, honestly. What, what kind of phone do you have? And, and, I, and, and, I'm, and, I'm talk, and I'm talking about from, like, a standpoint of, like, a 27-year-old woman who, were, who mm-hmm. was around was around these people and, and I'm, I'm telling you like mm-hmm. and i and i know it sounds weird like hey what you mean they don't know like <laughs> bruh, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's a perspective thing and that's what that's where i live in the gray at that's why i live mm-hmm. in the gray it's a it's a perspective mm-hmm. thing it's a it's a through the eyes through the lens of of a class of over 100 people at a catholic white school and mm-hmm. and getting to, and and getting to understand some versus the whole, like the whole, mm-hmm. like the overall whole might 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 be who what you're talking about, right? But then there are the some who really don't understand, mm-hmm. and that it's hard to see. And if you can't explain it to them, then now you're just offending them. And you're and you're putting them on a side that they feel like they don't even always like they don't even really belong on. But because you're gonna put them on that side, then that's where they're gonna be at. Mm-hmm. Okay. So fuck. So like fuck understanding, and 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 
and fuck getting to the getting to the real bottom of it all. You're putting me on this side, then fine, I'm on this side. And if you want, and it's kind of like being challenged almost, right? So if you want to hate me because because you, you think I'm this type of person, but you truly don't understand me, then hate me for for being that type of person. I will be that type of person, and you will hate me because of it. As opposed to understanding truly what the nature of people's characteristics and and decisions are coming from. And we're not going to agree all the time. Of course we're not going to agree all the time. And we can't get everybody to come on one accord and one page, and that's okay. But it's still a delivery that you can, that you can, it's a way that you can deliver things to people in a way that you can try and help them understand better than what they, than what, what you feel like that they already do. Okay. So now, now it's story time again. Oh God. Time again. oh God! Yes. Oh God! Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I was in class one day. I had this uh, white professor. Um, and she was saying how um, when she was sixteen and they saw the Rodney King tape, she was like, "Oh my friends, we were shocked because." You know, we had to have this white guilt. We had white guilt because we really didn't know what was going on in the African-American community. And I stopped her. I said, listen, stop. I said, listen, you're being manipulative right now. I said, just say that you didn't want to acknowledge what was going on in the black community. But you knew. You know. And I said, you know. I said, then I gave an example. I said, just like... With Jane Elliott, when she does the blue eye test, when she said, hey, listen, and she's it's a room for the white people. Listen, if you want to get treated like black Americans get treated in this country, stand up. Nobody stood up. She said, okay, so maybe y'all misinterpreted what I said. If you want to get treated like black Americans get treated in this country, stand up. Nobody stood up again. So she said, you know what they're telling me? You know what's going on. You know that there's a problem, but you don't want to do anything about it. But then there's now, okay. if, now, if, now, if white, <laughs> now if white supremacists and suspected white supremacists really were honest and they said, listen, if you if they really were honest and they were like, hey, we know what's going on, but we benefit from this system and we don't want to change it. We want to keep the status quo because keeping our foot on your neck means that we don't have to compete with you on an equal playing field, which we're scared of. If they were truly honest about it and said that, then what? But they won't. They're going to lie and say, oh, we don't know what's going on. Oh, my goodness, I didn't know all this was going on. After oh, 400 years of this shit, after, <laughs> after 400 years of this shit, hey, hey, let me tell y'all something. After 400 years of this shit, y'all know what's going on. Hey, y'all, listen, let me tell y'all something else. Let me tell y'all something else. Jennifer's, Jennifer's been knowing me for a while now, so she has that privilege of calling me Ty. Don't call me Ty up in public. Y'all going to get hurt. Oh, but my bad, brother. No, I had fucked up. I had fucked up, my brother. My brother, I had fucked up. That's <laughs> my fault. Don't y'all do, do that in public. Y'all going to get y'all so hurt. Mr. McKnight. This is nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, on some real shit though, like I feel like I'm back in the gray, you 
don't know until you know. Like, whenever I was in high school, like, when I was in high school, right, Mm -hmm. I used to hear the stories about, you know, all these black people getting killed, all these black people getting killed in the streets, and blah, 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 right? I didn't really believe Mm -hmm. that shit. I didn't. I felt like, I honestly felt like black people were over-exaggerating. Like, I just felt like that shit couldn't be real. That shit can't be true. All these black people dying all the time. Like, oh, he's like, seriously, like, think about it. Like, you're in high school, you don't watch the news. Mm. All you do is you hear it's a word of mouth thing, right? So, growing up, I didn't believe people, I didn't believe black people were being, were being brutalized and murdered at a higher rate than any other race in America. I didn't believe it. And then I grew up one day, like, right? Like, you didn't grow up, you didn't grow up one day. But, you know, like, you, you, you came to a realization one day that, mm-hmm. damn, this shit is real. This shit yeah. is true. Black people are being brutalized and murdered in the streets by police officers for no fucking reason. That's insane. Like, that shit is really real. That shit is really true. So there's a difference between you hearing shit and maybe taking it for what it is or maybe not or whatever. And there's a difference. Like, you actually know, like, like really just you don't know until you know. And that's where people stand at sometimes, especially uh, other cultures and white people. Like, they really don't understand. They really don't know until they really know. So, they, like, so when we see how divided we are, when you look at Fox versus CNN, right, you see how fucking divided it is because that's really their world. They really live in that. And I do, and I do believe that people see things and, like you said, like that test that that professor did or that doctor or whatever, whatever she was and how, you know, if you want to be treated the way that black people are treated in America – you know, like, stand up, and nobody stood up. I think that was a moment where they they came to a realization where they thought they knew, but then they really knew. And I believe there are white people who want to help, but there's such a, there's such a, a, a large group of black people who, who are beyond wanting to help them understand, so they're just angry. Which is just, which is really justifiable, honestly. Like it, it's justifiable why black people mm-hmm. are so angry. Like to be to understand what's going on in America and not be angry is is. I don't understand how people do it, but, but it's it's almost unbelievable. But I think that there are uh, that they do. I feel like there is a large group of white people who do want to understand how to help who want no. to understand how they can do better. But because no. we don't always we don't always have the answers as to how they can do that. And I no. think that's where it comes in with delivery. Because this is the thing. This is my thing. If there was a group of white people that truly want to quote unquote help, why haven't they done it already? Well, I just said it because they don't know how. Or they don't, they don't know, know how? how to bring up the issue. Or they don't what know how to bring phone? up the issue. They don't even know how to. What? They don't even know how to address. What can what I kind of do? Phone do you have? Don't do this. Don't do this little trick up your no, sleeve. You no, know no, I got an no, iPhone. No. You got an iPhone. Yeah, 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 I got an what, iPhone. What generation? 
What generation of iPhone do you have? I have, I have an iPhone 11. Okay. So the iPhone 11, do you know how, do you understand how it works? Uh, no, not entirely. If I'm being honest, not but, entirely. <laughs> but, you, but you know the basic. Thing. You know how to you know how to make it benefit for you. You know how to make it. You know how to call. You know how to text and things like yes, that. Yes, 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 dear, yes, dear. You know how to use. Once again, it's my mother listening. Maybe just for this friend. Now, if you, if you, do you know how to use apps and things like that, like Instagram and Twitter? Mhm. No, I don't really know right. how to use Twitter. But um, but you but you other but you, but you yeah. did. all right. So you typically know know the main functions of a phone, right? That's but to make it benefit you. That's how white supremacy works, and suspected white supremacism. Like they know how it works. They know the benefits from it. Do they want to acknowledge it? Uh, no. Do they want to acknowledge white privilege? No. Because then in their world, that negates them from saying, oh, well, I worked hard for this. When truly, nah, you really didn't. You would give them more opportunities because of the color of your skin and because you live in a system of white supremacy. And hey, I work with some suspected white supremacists. I do. Okay, so then. And they try to, like, I'm talking about, like, when the protest was started, they had to change up their language because it was like, um, when the protest started, one guy just burned out. He was like, um, he was like, I'm scared. And I looked at him, and he was like, oh, not, not, not really scared. I'm just, you know, all these changes going on. You know, he, he cleared it up real quick because he, because I, because he knew that I knew what he was getting at. I'm scared of, I'm scared of this system being dismantled. Because then what am I going to do? Because in all actuality, if you really put it together and you put black people and compare black people and white people without the system of white supremacy, the average Well the average. That's why they that's why they need a system to benefit them. Otherwise we wouldn't need this system. We wouldn't need you to control what we watch, the news, the media, we wouldn't control uh the sex. Now they have this whole LGBTQ community uh agenda. We wouldn't need all that. If if you were truly if you could truly compete with us on a on a on an equal playing field without white supremacy, we wouldn't need this system. You wouldn't need the system. But you have it. And you don't want to change. That's why an overwhelming number of them voted for Trump because he spoke that language. Trump is the biggest open white supremacist that we had for president. Um, other than Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, he was open. Bill Clinton, he was covert. He was more covert with his white supremacy. Um, Bush, he was out there. Bush was out there. I don't like y'all niggas. Um, Barack Obama, same thing. He was basically like, I don't like y'all niggas. 
and Trump too. So, but but the thing is this: I can respect somebody like Trump because not to say that I like him, but I can respect somebody like Trump because he's telling you straight up, I don't like y'all niggas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not like a he's not like a Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders. Yeah, he's not like a Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders or Bill Clinton or Barack Obama who would smile in your face and be like, oh, hi, like people, you guys are okay. I want to smoke some weed with you and, and play some saxophone and, you know, and listen to some hip-hop with you. Yeah, let's listen to hip-hop and dance because that's what two people like to do. Man, come on. Come on. Let's be completely honest. Come on. Okay. Well, I'm going to be completely honest. Okay. And this is from my perspective. Okay. You know, Jen lives in the gray over here. This is what Jen does. Mm -hmm. You know? And um, I will say that when it comes from, when you talk about, when you talk about privilege, and I don't negate what you said about white privilege. I do believe in white privilege and how it, it does place them in positions of more opportunity than it does for black and brown people, right? And I also see it from the lens of white people who feel like they have worked hard. Now, when you talk about white people working hard and you look at it from their perspective, what I see, and this is me, this doesn't speak for everybody, but from what I see is black people, black and brown people looking down on them because they say that they have this privilege, which they do have, but people mm-hmm. looking down on them because you say that they don't work hard. Now, I got I to gotta stop you. I got to kind of stop you right there for just a second. Just for a second. Not a whole, but just a split. And say that when white people say that they worked hard, Yes, they did work hard. They worked harder than the other white people who didn't work as hard to get what they got. That is the people that they're truly comparing themselves to. So that's truly the only people that they can compare themselves to. Not the same person, not the same black man or brown person or just a person of color, right, that has worked just as hard as them that has worked just as hard as them, they can't compare themselves to that person because they have that privilege. But they're really, what they're really meaning is the rest of the white people who didn't do what they did to get what they had to get. So in that sense, they did work hard. In that sense, they do. And you can't take that away from people all because they have a privilege. Because there are black people mm-hmm. who have more privileges. There are black people who have more privileges than other black people, right? but they still have to work hard for what they had. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm saying it is what the fuck it is. It is what it is. But when I see, when I think about, so when I think about white people saying that they worked hard, that's what I think about. That's what I, that's what Jennifer March thinks about, okay? And when it comes government. to change, and when it, what you said? Don't put your whole government out there now. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care. <laughs> it is what right. it is. <laughs> but, and when it comes to change, my last thing is when it comes to change, everybody's afraid of change. 
When you talk about white people wanting to change the motherfucking system, it's like, wait, hold up, what's wrong with this one? What's wrong? What you mean? It was going so well with this one. Of course it's going well for you. Fuck, like, it did piss you the most out of anybody. Yeah. Is not gonna feel good. It's not. It's not something that's welcome. It's not. But it's not just by white people. But I will say, when it comes down to dismantling our our government and rebuilding something that benefits all people, people get shaken up. People get scared. People don't know what to do. You talking about defund? What you mean defund? I was the same way when I heard defund. What you mean defund? Y'all want no police officers at all? Shit. Like, like we need them. That wasn't the point. That wasn't the point. Let me challenge you on that. Let me challenge you on that. What do we need police officers for? I'm sorry, what? What do we need police officers for? When I think about when I think about needing a police officer, I think about helping um to protect your community in in disputes and in in instances that you can't handle as a as a community. Like you can't handle certain situations in communities so you have police officers to help to help break the barrier. Okay. So do police officers prevent crime? But but what I also believe is that you do need more than just police officers. Like when they say defund and like I, I truly mm-hmm. believe in defunding, like taking away everything that like you don't need police officers for everything like just the instance the other day with the uh with the doctor the black doctor she's a female who who the police officers handled her so this happened in lafayette louisiana when the police um handled her so roughly like this like this show so disrespectful towards her because of a dispute between a moving company and paying them what they said that they were like a quote that was supposed to that that would that, that, that they've been stand by as opposed to uh, at like times three times the rate that they said they would that they would get uh spent. You know, I'm sorry, they would get um paid. I haven't heard of that. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something with that. I haven't heard of that. Because I want to put out a message. Let me ask you something before you continue with that. Was she married? That black female? Yeah, the black the doctor. doctor. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Was she? I don't know because this is my first time hearing about it. That you that you're bringing it. Up. Um, I just want to put out something. When certain stuff like that happens, as men, as black men, don't let your woman get handled by the police. Don't let your children get handled by the police. Uh, in the words of Millie Fuller, race soldiers. Don't let them get handled by no race soldiers. What the fuck is that? Tosi just had to put that out there. It's okay. So the point that I was trying to make was that we didn't. the police were not needed in that instance. There's mm-hmm. there's different form of people that you can call. Like that's that's what we mean by dismantling and rebuilding the system. Is not just needing police officers to arrest in a situation where no one needs to be arrested. Like that that's a situation that should be handled in court 
and you shouldn't be handling this woman like you are not the judge and the jury. You cannot tell somebody, hey, pay them or go to fucking jail. That's not how the fuck this works. So mm. I'm, I'm truly with the whole dismantling and rebuilding. Like that that's something that I, I, I definitely believe in when it comes to mm. um when it comes to pol- policing. Because I think mm. we were on that little topic right then and there. Yeah. And I will also say that um that instance with that black female who denied like she was in like she got off from work and she wanted to go get a bottle of wine. I can't remember what city it was, but everybody I think a lot of people heard about it. Whenever she went to go get like a bottle of wine after she got off from work and, you know, like these two men offered to buy her drink and she said no. Like she politely said no. But then um they started to harass her and um whenever she left the the corner store they actually like beat her up. You did you hear that story? When they like, yeah, her, I did. like, have I did. To, like, I mean, I like, beat, like, beat the shit out of her and bit her in her face, in her eye. She couldn't even open up her eye, all because she was denied um, a man on the drink. And and let me tell you uh, something. This 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 is part. Hold on. Was... This is part. Okay. Hold on, real quick. This is the part that bothered me the most about it because after that they had men who had a, who marched and protested and marched about protecting black women. There were other black men in that fucking store. There were other black men in that store. We're talking about protecting black women. You want to march about it? Fucking be about that shit. Okay, black men so in that store. When you saw that, when you saw that woman was being harassed, and you were not a part of that situation, make your ass a part of that situation. Be in, be in that situation. Defend that black woman. Walk that black woman to her car. Make sure that she gets to where she needs to get to safely. When you see other black men harassing her going on that's none of your business not nah, it is your fucking business because now you fucking marching about it in the street when you should have in that situation you should have stood up for her in that situation now it's too late that's okay, the part that so had bothered me i did off my chest real quick and now yeah. it's off my chest this is the part robots are going to make more enemies um <laughs> with that situation with, with, <laughs> with that situation in particular I don't think, and you know, I don't think those were um, all those men were black American men. I think they were probably um, from different countries and things like that. Because typically, black American men don't do shit like that. We don't go around and biting females because they don't want to give us attention. So I'm just gonna assume that those were guys from a different country that were black. That no doubt they're black, but they weren't black American men. Um, but I do agree with you that black women should be protected. And, but also part of that protection is understanding that you need men and that we need each other. Right? Part of that protection is we need each other. We need need each other. And part of that is, and nothing is this thing. We got a lot of bussy-popping men out here in the world, and a lot of a lot of black women seem to encourage that, which gets on my nerves because there's a protection that can be bussy-poppers. Um, How do we get here? Because, 
because because I'm trying to I'm trying to make a point to the fact where it seems like a lot of black women encourage that and they feel like that's cute and it's funny and they like hanging around men like that, but are they gonna be a protective mechanism? No. There's gonna be heterosexual black men. And for too long black women have been under the guy under the guide of white supremacy, no doubt, have attempted to make heterosexual black men their enemies. But what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say in the gist of this is, in the gist of all of this is, that we're not your enemies, we're your allies, we're at war, and we need each other. That's what I have to say about that subject. I have to get that off my chest as well. Now, <laughs> even though it may have came off as a slight rant, but... Because okay. <laughs> I see a lot of um, bullshit going on. Let me see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Jen, we've been on for about an hour, so we're about to go ahead and end the show. Because I got to make yeah. you for my damn stuff, you know. Because <laughs> um, you're telling people Thank what they can find you me. on your. Oh, no problem. Thanks for being on here. You know, we had to get some things clear and straight for the um, female audience. Things in the gray area, as we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of my future podcast, The Gray Area. <laughs> Don't nobody <laughs> steal that shit. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Speaking of which, when is that coming out? You're supposed to come out with a podcast. When is that coming out? I have no idea. Let's um, to be continued. To be continued, but to you be, guys look out. Is it like to be announced? To TBA. To be continued. To be announced. All of the above. But you guys be able to look out for Jennifer's podcast, The Gray Area. Um, I think that's his name. <laughs> um, uh, tell me where they can find you on social media. <laughs> tell me where they can follow you on social media. Drop your social media. <laughs> Nowhere. You can't find me nowhere. <laughs> nowhere? Okay. Sorry. Then, nowhere. Not yet. We're going to come back with that. Okay. And once again, um, you guys know I've been off of social media for almost two months now. So, um, but I won't be back until, you know, probably like the middle of March or late April or something like that, depending on how everything goes. But, that's good. Take That's a break. It. Take a break. Yeah. It's needed sometimes. It's definitely needed. Must go. Must go. I want to thank you for joining me tonight. We just spoke truth to power. You guys have a great night. Bye, guys.